yet. Now I'm going to have you speaking in tongues. First of all, let's give a big round of applause to God for all those missionaries that came back to Aguascalientes. I'm so proud, and I can say proud now in a holy way, so proud to be part of a church that cares, a church that goes beyond the four walls and a, and a roof. Amen? Amen? Great work with that video. I'm proud of each and every single one of you that went, put their life on pause just to go over there and spread the gospel. Thank you very much. Or should I say, like Curtis will say, muchas gracias. <laughs> very proud of you, Curtis, wherever you are. I see you. I know you were here somewhere. You were teaching people Spanish. Awesome. All right, so fantastic. We have a little bit of time, so I'm going to be moving really fast. I um, distinctly asked not to have any slides today because we're going to be intentional. So now is the time to take out your Bibles. Now is the time to turn them on, and we're going to go straight to the, uh, the book of uh, Nehemiah, chapter 6. But of course, before we do that, we have to go in order, which is prayer. Amen? So bow your heads. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We love you. We bless your name. Thank you once again for this opportunity to one more time come together as a church family, your church, so we can praise you and worship you. We ask that at this time you take any distractions away from us. Open up our eyes. Open up our spiritual hearts so we can receive your word and give us the courage tomorrow and the day on to share it with others. And all those in agreement say amen. 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 All right. So, my goodness. We, are, we find ourselves in the middle now of, the, of the, our study of the book of Nehemiah. I just realized we're in chapter 6 already. Time is flying by. And, and this um, study, I don't know if it has been a blessing to you all, but it definitely has been a blessing to me. It has ministered me in ways that even though I have read this book more than, one, more than once, it still talks to me. And I hope that you did your homework. Pastor Jim sent out the email saying, read chapter uh, 6. At the end, there will be an exam. And if you don't pass it, 115 in Spanish. Get ready. Curtis will help you. A couple of weeks ago, I had the privilege of sharing the word with you all. And if you remember, we learned about dealing with discouragement. Everybody say discouragement. And for the sake of those joining us today and uh, who missed the topic or for those who are joining in, uh, through social media, we determined that everyone faces discouragement. Everyone. There's no exemption. Everybody faces discouragement at one point or another. For us believers, the disciples, and I'm talking about those who believe in Christ, study his word, follow his precepts, discouragement usually occurs right after experiencing a spiritual high and right before a blessing. Allow me to give you an example, and I will use myself. That Sunday, a couple of weeks ago, I had the honor of serving God in both services, English and Spanish. And there were two different messages, two different messages. I was feeling pretty spiritual. <laughs> I was feeling pretty anointed. Spiritual high. I was like, bring it. Where's the dead? Let me raise them. Come on, bring them to me. <laughs> then later that week, God answered a prayer. Because I don't know if you know this, but God still answers prayers. And if you don't know that, newsflash, God still answers prayers. Turn to the person next to you and say, God still answers prayers. 
Yes. And allow me to tell you, God answered this prayer, and sometimes he answers with a yes. Glory to God. Sometimes he answers with a no. Glory to God. Sometimes he answers with a not yet. Glory to God. There's a reason for that. And this particular answer was not a yes. The timing of the answer, and sometimes our timing is just so off, but God's timing is perfect. Amen? God's timing is perfect. The timing of the answer came right before going to the Spanish men's ministry retreat. And if that wasn't enough, it's the same weekend of the Hispanic Heritage Celebration and our fifth year anniversary, as Pastor Jim mentioned. So there was a lot to look forward, a lot of plans, and the timing, it was just, bam, right there. So I personally, I thought, okay, this timing is a little off, God, what do I do? And there was only two ways to react, two ways. I could be disappointed, God bless you. I could be disappointed, say with me, disappointed. And I, it takes me back when sometimes I had to say no to my children, particularly my princess. Yes, I'm talking about you, Sarah. The only one I got. I, four years old, very sassy. I would tell her no, and she's like, stomp her feet. She would like try to cross her arms. She was really hugging herself. And you know, pout and say, no. She was disappointed. Or I could get focused. I could get refocused. I was wrestling with this, I have to admit. Please allow me to be translucent. And yes, I did say translucent. Too many people trying to be transparent these days. <laughs> translucent means really that through me, you will see the light. Not my light. Jesus is the light. Amen? Amen. So glory to God for that. So as we go into now into Nehemiah 6, and I'm not going to read all 14 uh, verses. However, I'm going to point out certain uh, elements in this afternoon's teaching. Nehemiah is a very special book for me because I consider him the project manager of the Bible. And for those who don't know, when I'm not serving God, I'm serving God in, in, a, in a job. And I happen to be a project manager. MBA, business, ran businesses, and all that stuff. So I can take, I can relate to this book really well. So here we, we find Nehemiah, and he's narrating in verse 1 that Sambalat, Tobiah, and Geshem the Arab, mentions that, being referred to as Nehemiah by his enemies. We all have enemies. They used to have different names. Some of, our, some of our enemies are procrastination, right? Some of our enemies are oppositions, obstacles, and, of course, disappointments, as we mentioned prior. And we're reading verse 2 that Sambalat Geshem sent Nehemiah a message, inviting him to sort of take a break from the construction and meet them in the land of Ono, which was near Sambalat's uh, home territory. Nehemiah immediately, immediately recognized that this will be a trap, and he declined the invitation, stating that he was too busy working on a great project. He showed right there he was committed. He showed right there that he was dedicated. Say with me, dedicated. That's another D word right there. So we have this discouragement, disappointment, now dedicated. Doesn't it always seem that when you begin to work on a great project, you start planning for it, you become sidetracked easily? Things are just popping up. 
It's just some just messing around with your timeline or messing around, messing around with, the, with the project that you have. It's like you pick up your smartphone to check the emails, and somehow you find yourself on Facebook <laughs> or any social media. After reading what some friends had for dinner, <laughs> watching some funny videos about cute kids, you got to watch the videos about the cute kids, come on. And of course, the silly Petrix. You gotta watch those videos of the silly Patrick's, and of course you have to like a couple of pictures, because that's what that button is for. When you realize three hours have passed by, four hours have passed by, so you decide to, you know, it's too late to start, or it's too, too late to continue on the project, uh, you decide to come back the next day, or the next day after that. And finally, when you put your phone down, Six months have passed by, and the garage still needs cleaning. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Most of the people said amen was ladies. I don't know what that means, but. <laughs> Nehemiah, going back to the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah let them know his focus. However, they were persistent. The enemies were persistent. Folks, our enemy is persistent. He doesn't take a day off. Some days he seems to be working overtime. See, he wants to see you fail. He wants to see all of us fail. The enemies in Nehemiah wanted to see him fail, so they sent him this message four times. Not just once, but four times. And four times, Nehemiah, we're reading in verse 4, four times he declined the answer. Four times he told them, no, I cannot go. He told them the same answer. I'm working on a, a great project. I cannot go. It does not stop there. A fifth message came by, and we read that on verse 5, that a fifth message came by with an aid this time, and it was an, in an open letter. Now, let me do a, a, a parenthesis right there. Let's pause right there. Why the importance to mention that it came in an open letter? The open letter is not sealed, which means that the messenger can easily open the letter and read it. So he can go ahead and open the, the um, the, the message and read all about the message. See, the enemies were clever. Our enemy is clever. They wanted to sidetrack Nehemiah and inform everyone. Of course, the messenger will talk about it. Why wouldn't he? He has some good news. He has some great news. He has some gossip. Or as we call it, he has some juicy bochinche. <laughs> he want to keep it to himself. This is too good to be kept to myself. And in verse 6 and 7, we read the content of the letter. Verse 6 and 7 says, It is reported among the nations, and Geshem said it is true. So now he's name dropping. That you and the Jews are plotting to revolt, and therefore you are building the wall. Moreover, according to these reports, you are about to become their king. Ooh, Kasebe. Yes, he wanted to raise some doubts. He wanted to ruffle some feathers. And he continues, and even appointed prophets to make his proclamation about you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. Now, this report will get back to the king, so come, let us meet together. Hey, we're doing you a favor. Come, because we got to talk about this. They're saying about this. They're talking about you in this way. The king is going to hear it. Now, we see the distractions are coming up here. We see what the enemy is trying to do. He's trying to sidetrack Nehemiah, not only from stopping the work, but coming into 
their zone, into their home uh, field, if you want to call it. So it didn't stop there. See, one thing that I have learned about gossip, or fake news, as they call it now, is that it's tiring. Oh, my goodness, it is tiring, downright exhausting, trying to fight them, trying to deny them. The longer it goes, the more people tend to believe, and they think they come asking questions, distracting them to distract you. See, how, that's how clever the enemy is. Maybe he cannot come to you straight to distract you, but he's going to use other people around you, other instances around you. Back to me, my example later, and I like to use examples like that because the Word of God, sometimes we read it and we interpret it, and we think that it's something that happened so long ago that it's not practical. Because guess what, folks? This Word is relevant this day just as much as it was relevant when it was written. Amen? So back to my example earlier with that call, that message. I could have allowed myself to be distracted and become unfocused to the tasks at hand, fighting it until it becomes so tiring weak that I didn't even feel like going to the men's retreat. I admit it. I didn't feel like going. I'm like, ah. Oh. And I also had to be teaching a class there. Oh, my goodness. How can I do this? I really don't feel like it. This is a distraction. Say with me, distraction. So what to do? Well, the only thing that I can do, the only thing that Nehemiah did. And he showed it in chapter 4, and in this uh, chapter, verse 9, let's go straight to verse 9. He says, they were all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will get too weak for the work, and it will not be completed. But I, say it with me, but I prayed. prayed. Nehemiah prayed. And look at this simple prayer. Now strengthen my hands. And I'm, writing, I'm reading out of the NIV. Now strengthen my hands. Now the enemy does not stop there. Seeing that you are focused and getting close to complete your tasks, you're getting closer to receiving that blessing. You're getting closer to be a blessing to somebody else. The enemy sent a so-called person of influence trying to persu persuade Nehemiah to intimidate him, sharing some distractions or fake news. We see this happening today. It's all over. We see it happening today. We finally get some time to sit down as a family for dinner or go out to dinner. If you find yourself in a situation, look around you in the restaurant. Look around you and see if the, if the families are engaged in a conversation or are they engaged in a phone or a tablet. Distracted. But we have to read that text. We have to, to see that Snapchat video. What is our friend doing right now? Folks, we live in a society with a wealth of information while we live poorly in relating to our loved ones. Increasing our bankruptcy of quality time. Now, I see some of you writing, and I'm going re to repeat that. We live in a society with a wealth of information while we live poorly in relating to our loved ones. Time is precious. To be able to sit down with my family, with all my kids, is precious. Especially since my oldest one uh, serves in the Air Force, and he's away most of the time. So when we sit down, and they're getting along, which only happens once every 15 months, I have to take advantage of that. <laughs> so, folks, I urge you. Parents, I urge you. Teenagers, I double-dirt you. Put the phone down. Don't let it become a distraction. 
PSA announcement right there. So I ask the church family, what is influencing your quality of time? What is influencing your quality of time with your family, with your spouse, most important, with God? In Nehemiah's case, a person of influence, Shemaiah, a so-called prophet, was trying not only to get Nehemiah to stop his work, but also get him in a position to defame and discredit him by doing something that he was not supposed to do. And we read that on verse 10. He was uh, uh, having to, he goes, one day I went to the house of Shemaiah, son of Deliah, the, the son of Mehetabel, if I mispronounce those names, hey, here we go. Who shut in at his home, he said, let us meet in the house of God inside the temple. Let us close the temple doors because men are coming to kill you. See, he's trying to scare him, to distract him. Now, Nehemiah, being a layman, he couldn't go into the temple. That's for the, for, the, for the priest to do. So he was trying to get Nehemiah to break God's law. You see how the enemy is so astute, so clever? Trying to get you something that supposedly is good for you or is going to benefit you by doing something that offends God. He is very clever. Nehemiah recognized, he recognized that this is a trap. And now, this is something that I absolutely love, and I, I love reading the Bible. And we should read it every day, folks. Nehemiah recognized this as a trap, but he was only able to see, only able to recognize this as a trap through prayer. He received divine intervention. He dis received discernment. Say with me, discernment. When he prayed, in verse 9, he said, but I pray, now strengthen my hands. He wasn't just giving him strength, physical strength. He was also giving him spiritual strength. So he can discern, he can get that wisdom, the ability to judge well. Charles Spurgeon says it's a, discernment is the difference between knowing what is right and knowing what is almost right. Smart guy. Nehemiah received spiritual direction and understanding, and only with his strengths was he able to discern, and he was being lured into a trap. Discernment, we all need it. Say it with me, discernment. Now, how am I doing with time? It's okay. If we go a little bit over, I'll, I'll speak to the Spanish pastor. He's a cool guy. He'll let me get more time. We're good. He realized this. He discerned this and did not go. He kept working. He kept keeping on. And on working on his great project. And then we see the results. That wall that would protect Jerusalem was finished, it says in, on, in the Bible, on the 25th day of Elul, which was around August, September, which meant that the wall was finished in just 52 days. The wall that in chapters before, supposedly a fox will tear down. The wall that had been in rubble for generations, burned down. The wall, the same wall that was nine feet thick, were finished in 52 days. That, church family, is God. That is the God that we serve. If you're not excited about that, you should be. God is an amazing God. Let's give a round of applause to, to God for that. What impressed me the most is that he used a cup bearer to lead this project. He had no experience. He had no business building a wall, much less leading people to build a wall. 
He had experience in pouring drinks in a cup. But yet, when God uses you, you're able to do great works. Amen? See, when you serve God with what you have, he will give you what you need. He will give you that vision. He will give you that strength. He will give you that discernment. Say with me, discernment. I just love to say that word, discernment. Just sounds so wise. When I speak to Pastor Jim, Pastor Jim shares discernment with me, not wisdom. So thank you for that. And real quick, I'm going to do another parenthesis here because I am so grateful and honored and privileged to work with this great man of God. And I'm talking about Pastor Jim, Pastor Arthur, Pastor John. Pastor Jim, where are you? Thank you. Thank you very much. Not only for coming last Sunday. I, I saw you that movie down foot, you know. Yeah, I saw that. You enjoyed it. Awesome. Thank you for that. Thank you for your support. Really mean it. Arthur, moito obrigado. Thank you very much for your prayers, your constant support, even though you're a Real Madrid fan. I'm going to lay my hands on you. Pastor John, thank you. <clears throat> I'm working on it. So back to Nehemiah. A little over seven weeks, an impossible task, a, a task that no one thought it would be even fruitful to do. A cupbearer with no experience did it, all because God was in his corner. In a little bit over seven weeks, and he led these feeble Jews, as they were described, to have this great task done through prayer, perseverance, prayer, focus, prayer, working, Prayer. Did I mention prayer? It's for a reason. Back to my example, and I'm going to conclude with this. In my example, I went to God in prayer. But instead of asking why, why, I, used, I asked for discernment. I asked for wisdom. See, God knows the plans that he has for me. God knows the time of those plans for me. It's not until I remove the I that I won't know his will for me. We have to remove our eyes. We have to remove our ego. Oh, but pastor, I've been working on this beautiful ego all these years. I can bench press 200 pounds. Glory to God for that. He gave you the strength to do it. It's his will that you're able to do it. And guess what? With his will, you can, you can bench press 250 if you want. God wants. Amen. So, church family, if we are serious, if we are committed, if we are focused on our task, if you maintain that laser focus on those directions, on the desired results, and they're aligned with the will of God, no weapon formed can, can be against you because you have God on your side. You have the God of impossible leading you. You have the God of the impossible taking. You have the God of the impossible in your corner. And I don't know about you, but that makes me excited. Before it was like, oh, my goodness, this is hard work. How am I going to do this? Now it's like, oh, it lines up with your will, God? Take it. Let go and let God. Amen. I didn't get an amen. Let me try to say it again. Let go and let God. Amen. Oh, yes. Mm. Monday is coming, folks. Let go and let God. 
So I'm concluding with this. I know I said it again, but <laughs> it's a Spanish thing anyway. If we, are, if we are to continue with the work that God gave us and be a blessing to your family and others, just like the, the mission trip, your missionaries, they went into a place that even the police told them, what are you doing there? No one lives there that's worth saving. And this 18, was 18, Jennifer, Mauricio, 18 people, brave people, went in there into the land that people, even the cops were saying, the authorities were saying, it's not worth it. They went in there, and you just saw a little bit of the experience. Jeremy preaching. Where's Jeremy? Jeremy, prophetically speaking, the pastor of the future. I, I speak it. It's, gone, it's, it's happening. Curdy, speaking Spanish. It's happening. <laughs> people from this church, that people not, actually people from not that attend this church, they went on the trip. Am I correct in saying that, right? Yes? See, that's the power of God. That's the power of the unity in spirit. It is very, very important that we are united in spirit. Of one accord. Pastor Arthur, we were speaking back and forth during this week about the message and about the songs. What are you going to talk about? What are you going to sing about? And we, 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 we united, and we were sharing notes. We were like, oh, my goodness. It's the same thing. And right there, we just held hands in a very manly way. <laughs> and we praise God. We praise God because of his mercies. We were united under one spirit, his spirit. Can, can I get a round of applause for God for that? Because that just... It is a miracle that a Barcelona fan and a Real Madrid fan would join together. Amen, Amen right? <laughs> so this will conclude, church family. You're going to have distractions. Tell to the person next to you, you're going to have distractions. But pray for discernment. Turn to the other person, but pray for discernment. And when those distractions come about, I'll give you another D word, actually two. Dismiss the drama. Dismiss it. There's no, there's no lock and part in your life when no distractions come about and you're walking towards the cross. There's no such thing as distraction. Just dismiss the drama. Save the drama for your mama. It's <laughs> a new one. Focus. Just focus on what's important. Focus on God. Focus on him. And he will not lead you astray. He will lead you straight to, to him. And you will see things. You will go into land where people say there's not worth it going there, and you will see great works. You will see the power of God working through you in amazing ways. The cupbearer in you will wake up and become the great builder. I'll leave you with this verse. If you're going to remember one thing about this message today, remember this verse, James 1:21. He says, therefore, get rid of all the moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. Folks, there's a lot of evil out there. There's a lot of destructions out there. Some of them carrying in our phones, tablets. And humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Only the word can save you. Only following Jesus can save you. Only Jesus saves. No religion saves. No pastor saves. No church saves. Only Jesus. Yeah. 
Church family, thank you very much for allowing me and come sharing those, that, those experience with you. It's, also, it's always a privilege to be able to be here in the altar with, with, uh, with Arthur, Pastor Arthur. You do a great job with, with, you know, with the young people. Yes, Leonard, you too. <laughs> young people. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask everybody to just stand up. Let's be intentional. Let, let's just stand up. We serve a, a mighty God. We serve a God of the impossible. In each and every single one of you here, I see a cup bearer. I see a sleeping giant, even in the baby. God knows the plans that has, he has for that baby. God knows the plans he has for the missionaries and their next trip. God knows the plans that he has for Avalon Church. Until so this church is, has, was built to be the beacon of light to the world out there, to Avalon Park, it's time for us to rise up and act as if. If I were to rename the book of Nehemiah, I would say, faith it until you make it. Because it starts and it ends with prayer. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time you gave us today. Thank you very much for the opportunity to once again come to you as one people, one church, one community, under one spirit, your spirit, to praise and honor you. Please accept this worship as our sacrifice. Lead us, not only today, but every day. And give us that peace that we so desire. And all those in accord under one spirit say, Amen.